What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You'd be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players in the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, so they, they got to wake up with their piss out. You're talking about Rasool. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. You listen to the Poor Man's Packers podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers podcast, the one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer Sismanowitz, joined once again this week with Andrew. Andrew. Hello, hello. And uh, unfortunately, once again, the Green Bay Packers lost to a team from New York, losing to the New York Jets 27 to 10. Uh, pretty sad, pretty demoralizing. We'll get into that. But first, Andrew, how was your weekend watching football aside from this terrible game? Well, aside from even the game, my early morning football experience was bad. Mm. Not only because like the Packers game, that aside, mm-hmm. it's because we live in Minnesota mm-hmm. and the game's not televised no matter what you have. Like we have red oh, zone, we have right. sling. Yeah. And I couldn't find like I think those those streams that are illegal, mind you. Uh, no, <laughs> don't ever use don't ever use them. Um, I think like once they hit a capacity to like keep their rating, I don't know if they like don't allow new users oh. in or something. Because I was like twelve oh one when I realized it wasn't going to be on the channel. Well, you called me like uh, five minutes into the game. Yeah, because I was kind of getting pissed <laughs> off. So what happened is so I had Red Zone on the big TV, and then I was streaming different streams through my computer, mm-hmm. and I looked over at at my fiance, and I'm like, "Are is Red Zone?" Like, are they blacked out from the game too? <laughs> and because I and because I couldn't see it, I couldn't find a stream for like ten minutes. And I looked at the scores, like, oh no, no team's been in the red zone yet. And that was like first quarter, so it was very dull. Like I missed a lot. I had to go back and rewatch. Yeah, but yeah, it was a less than ideal noon game experience. The whole uh, blackout thing too. It's it's weird. So we're well, like we see all the time. We're living in Minnesota, but we're from Superior, Wisconsin. I was in Superior, Wisconsin this weekend. And even if you see the TV maps, a lot of the time we get Viking games in northern Wisconsin instead of the Packer games just because of whatever the satellites or the antennas or, just go that far out or whatever the hell it is. It, and there's there's political candidates who, when they run in Wisconsin the last few years, they run on, hey, I'll get Packer games in Wisconsin. And yeah, I had to do the same damn thing because I hopped on right away and for any of you criminals out there, go on buff streams. I just Google buff streams <laughs> and click the first link. And it was, you got to click out a bunch of well, really, uh, don't do it on your phone. Yeah, do not. I, that's a mistake I made at first. I went, you said buff streams. I put on my phone. I'm like, this is not going to oh, work. Cause yeah, I want, cause I can stream from my phone to my, com- or my TV. Yes, A lot easier than my computer to my yes. TV. Okay. But yeah, it's, you got to click. I mean, you got to do click out of like 15 different tabs and whatever pop-ups. But once you get there, it's usually pretty good. I think I only had to refresh it once, but yes. Less well, get than there early. Like don't wait till five <laughs> minutes into the game to start looking or else yeah. it sounds like you're going to be screwed too. So yes, just like the Packers this week, uh, chaos trying to watch the game. Um, we'll get into the game. We'll have a uh, streamlined pick six, the six plays that shaped the game this week. We'll talk about the offense and the struggles they've had, the defense, how they struggled, not as bad. We'll have take news. Um, 
This week, we're going to talk about new media versus old media. Some quotes that I'm sure you'll enjoy and just seeing how some guys who are supposed to be journalists report on the team. We will then have is Kyle and Idiot some Packers trivia along with Stump Spenny. And then we'll have a preview of the uh, Commanders game this week. Wait, you got something else? Uh, well, I just in? had a question more yeah. in jest. Where, where do you classify the poor man's Packers podcast? New media? Uh, I guess we have to be. We're right. I don't know. I know are. your style's we're... more old because you're more like, hey, you know. <laughs> eh. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's not so crazy reactive. Yeah. It's more, no, it's okay. Everything's well, fine. We'll get we'll get into it, and then I'll <laughs> let you decide after that. How about that? Okay. But first, pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. All right, pick six for the week, uh, the Lynn Lake pick six. Once again, if you're looking for a place to watch the game on Sunday, uh, they will be playing it at Lynn Lake Brewing in Uptown Minneapolis. Also, they have brought back one of their beers, very spooky, the Emotional Vampire. You've watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows, right? Oh, yeah, I watched it with you. One of the best, like just laughing out loud. Yeah, I, yes. I think that's a play on one of the Okay, the it makes sense knowing those guys are pretty fun like that. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a raspberry sour with 400 pounds of raspberries, Mexican light roast coffee, and some other coffee roasters, uh, along with fresh vanilla beans. They only brew a limited amount, so get there fast. Ooh, it sounds like a real ad. Also, it looks like the weather is going to be good on Sunday, so they're going to have the balcony open along with fireplaces and TVs and stuff. So That's nice. It's, again, it's going to be a blackout again here in the city, so if you're looking for a place, head there. Wait, uh, it's a blackout this week again? I believe so, yes. Man. Oh, wait, okay. no, sorry. It might not be because the Vikings are on a bye week. Now. Yeah, I was thinking, yes. but it's the following week. Like, that six is going to be a blackout again, because that's a, a double noon game Vikings-Packers. doesn't matter. Too I'm, far ahead. I'm not sure. First pick six play. Packers are driving. One of their decent drives that they had in the first half of the game. And once again, second week in a row where they uh, third down in field goal range. Rodgers drops back, but... Right off the line, David Bakhtari cannot find or block a stunt. Aaron Rodgers gets sacked out of field goal range, and the Packers have to punt. Once again, just a bad, bad play to eliminate points off the scoreboard. Well, and that just set the freaking tone, too. You know, I mean, Rodgers sacked or Rodgers under pressure, as everyone knows. But that first drive was like, fuck, like they're just, you know, wanting to get something. And like you said, even more defeating being in field goal range and then losing those points and not being in, like just the whole morale around that. Awful. Second week in a row too, which is always great. Uh, The next pick six play, uh, I mean, we'll get into them a little bit more later, but uh, third and one, fact that the Packers are facing in their own side of the uh, field, handoff out of shotgun to A.J. Dillon. Well, tried to hand it off, fumbles it. The uh, commanders recover. They don't get any points off it, I believe. I think it might have just been a field goal attempt, which they missed. But either way, kind of set the stage for the um, out-of-sync offense that we saw in that game. And if you're going, I'm not a coach, but if you're going to run the ball out of shotgun, which I know you hate. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about why, too much. Well, yeah, but why A.J. Dillon? There has to be some reasoning there, right? Because this guy is powerful. If you need a yard, he's probably going to get you a yard going through a pile. But he's not going to run outside around more people there must be something i didn't understand because watching it i was like rattled before he even fumbled but like the concept is like he's not it's not going well you can you can still run it up the middle out of shotgun but once again it's just it 
takes so much longer to get to right. the line I of sh- scrimmage. And AJ Dillon alone, just the way he's been running this year, he has you know concrete for for feet right now. And when you need that short yard, that wasn't it. But either way, it was more of a phil- philosophical type deal, running it again on third and one and fumbling the ball. Like what? Sure. Let's get our shit straight here. Uh, the third pick six play, and hey. He had one hell of a game. Robert Tunyon, really big catch on third down from Aaron Rodgers. I was very surprised he was able to get both feet in. Rodgers, I mean, right off uh, off the snap, pressured right up the middle from Royce Newman. Rodgers runs out of the pocket and somehow able to get the ball to Tunyon. Gets the first down, led to some points, but at least a glimmer of hope that we had on offense. That throw and that catch staying in were awesome to mm-hmm. see. As a uh, my betting side, though, as, as we kind of bullshitted about, I took sleeper, you know, that I took the under. I'm well, always so high on Tanyan. Yeah. It just wasn't the week. Or sorry, I, finally, I switched. You need to when you're talking, Andrew, you need to explain everything. So oh, what sleeper is. His, oh, well, yeah. OK. And his over under was set at twenty three and a half yards. And you very smartly took the under. I did. Yeah. Yes. And it's like I've been so high on like putting him on my DraftKings yes. captains and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it was just not the week to fade him. Yes, and that was a play, too, where Rodgers got absolutely rocked, which was another theme of the game. Uh, Moving on, the fourth pick-six play. I don't even want to get into it too much. It's the Braxton Berrios reverse touchdown. Once again, it's like the touchdowns that we allow this year, or at least the last couple of games, have been embarrassing. Just reverse of the field. I mean, most of these large runs, it's either Savage or Quay's fault. This was Quay reading it wrong, bit in too much, and it led to the touchdown for the Jets, which uh, really got them going. I believe that uh, that made it uh, 10 to three. Yeah. Just frustrating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very true. Moving on the fifth pick six play. Ugh, it's reminiscent of the last game we had of the 2021 season in the playoffs. Packers trying to punt the ball. It is blocked. Isaiah McDuffie, who was in uh, playing kind of like a guard position on the, on the line on the uh, field goal attempt or Sorry, on the block attempt. Comes down. The Jets obviously pick it up and run it in for a touchdown, which made the score 17-3. to Not very good. Uh, things were pretty much downhill from there. We obviously had that touchdown to Lazard. That gave us a little bit of hope, but pretty close to over after that. And I and I think it's kind of funny, too, if you just like watch both teams in the red zone on the offenses. Yes, obviously the Jets did score 27 points, but nobody wanted to win that game. Like The Jets weren't like... They didn't come out on offense and just spank us into next week. They they, they they might have been worse in the red zone than they were outside of the red zone. I think because, yeah, their plays were outside yeah. of it. It was a big play here and there. Like once you got in the red zone, it was like you try to kick a field goal and half of them you miss on both sides. Yeah. So it was just bad. It was bend, don't break, but then it was breaking quite a bit. Shatter, at the, at the very shatter. Uh, moving on, the last pick six play. <sighs> once again, incredibly embarrassing. The... Uh, trap play to Brees Hall, who runs to the left, just right inside the guard, and then cuts to the right. Totally uh, jukes the shit out of Quay and Darnell Savage, who bit way too hard. This made the score 24 to 10, and the game was pretty much over after that. Just once again, another terrible defensive play. For the most part, the defense played pretty well, I think, but the plays that they fucked up on were pretty fucking bad. No, for sure. Um, when you are down fourteen without some serious, serious weapons, you, you it was it was bad. <laughs> yes. Uh the sweating yeah. factor wasn't even sweating because like you already 
we, kind of like realize the meal's over. There's nothing left to, to potentially happen. Yeah, it's it's bad when the last three games, I mean, we were in London for the Giants game, but that was, you know, a home right. game for the Packers. I think if all those games were played at Lambeau, we would have had three Boo Bird games because against the Patriots going into halftime, the fans booed. Against the Giants at the end of that game, or at least after the third and two and fourth and two, probably would have booed. And then in this game, yeah, and <laughs> the fans were booing. It, it was weird for, at the end of the game to Green see, Bay, right? Like that's not something that usually happens. Yeah, yeah, and to see the empty stands towards the end of the game too, when fans were leaving, is not uh, not a pretty picture, especially if when we have Super Bowl hopes coming into the season. So, yeah, and I mean, I think our schedule so far has been pretty. I don't want to say easy, but I mean. Christ, it was the Jets, and who thought we were gonna, you know, let the Jets go four and two? Yeah, well, uh, we'll get into that later too with take news because you're not the only person to say that. But yes, this is the easy part of the season. I think we're I, in the middle of it now with obviously the Commanders uh, this week, and then it, I believe we have the Bills and then the Lions, or if that's flipped around. That's but, like the Bills, the Lions, and then we got the Rams. It's like yeah, some big names. But you know what's funny? I was looking at like our our uh, who we play soon. I'm like, God tough schedule but then it was like five years ago if i realized that these teams would be the tough schedule right now i'd be like no way you know because like five years ago the shit teams were like yeah. the rams or like you know uh i mean just just all there's just so well, much like flipped like the bills you can clearly i mean obviously rebuilding but it was just kind of you know chuckling i mean rogers brought that up on mcafee uh today as well oh. uh that the bucks are three and three the rams are three and three there's another i can't think of them right now who's also three and three in the nfc but yeah it's weird because the teams who we thought wouldn't be as good like the jets and the giants are looking pretty good right now the i believe the record of all the teams we've lost to is like 14 and three right now something right. like that so we're losing the quality opponents as far as you know the standings go, but either way, we're not looking very good in these losses and wins either. No, no, that too. But like, it's funny if you just like go look at the schedule. It's not funny. It's sad. No <laughs> one wants to win across the NFL. It just seems like the there's not many. You know, every like I think the AFC East is like three and three. They're all like three three teams are three and three. Yeah. So there's just like no one's like, hey, I'm gonna step up. You know, I mean, except for obviously the Vikings. Yeah, it sucks right now, too, because the Vikings remind me a lot of like the 2019 Packers right now that they're winning games, but they're not winning pretty. And they could very easily have that kind of swap. But, you know, good teams find ways to win. But I mean, their game in London, very close, could have lost that game too. you know, literally an inch on those field goals and everything. I have a lot more to say on that, but it's for a later segment. Okay. So I'm going to hold off on replying with okay. any intelligent conversation. All right. Well, with Just that, like any other episode. No. Okay. <laughs> with that, we'll move on to the offense. First thing to talk about, we'll obviously get into Aaron Rodgers' play on the field. But first, it's been <laughs> it's kind of been a growing story throughout the week, and I'm sure a lot of other people have talked about it. But quickly here, as quick as we can, we've got to talk about Rodgers, what he said after the game, what LaFleur said after the game. And this simplifying of the offense. So first off here, I'm going to play a clip. This is Matt LaFleur, press conference, Sunday, right after the game. You know, we, we all got to we got to be better. Absolutely. Uh, coach it better. Got to execute better. There's a lot of ball in front of us, but we have to have that urgency to want to improve. We got to clean up a ton of details. So LaFleur there, you know, says got to coach better, which he says just about every week or every time they lose. 
uh, attention to detail, and we have to execute. Execute has been a big theme uh, this year, too. So that was Matt. He talked first, and this was Aaron Rodgers 10 minutes after. What is it that you think you guys need to be offensively? What, what do you need to do? Simpler. Simpler. Let's simplify some things. What do you mean by simplify? What, like You're talking like scheme, you're talking game plans, too much volume. What, what do you think? All of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get too specific. So then Rodgers comes back and he talks about simplifying the offense. You know, he doesn't want to go into detail, but he says they need to simplify some things. Well, of course, then Monday rolls around and this is what LaFleur had to say after Rodgers' comments. Matt, were you uh, surprised to, to hear how much Aaron wants to simplify the offense yesterday? Uh, I don't know what that means. So... Uh, no, we talked about it. It's just any time that there's a lack of execution, and certainly we got to coach better, no doubt about it. Just communication from top down and then out on the field, uh, you know, has got to be better. We got to get everybody on the same page. And then to me, it's it's more about digging at the details of what we're doing. <laughs> Okay. So Matt comes back and once again says it's about executing and it's about details. And, you know, he laughs at the beginning. And well, says, that that's my biggest like, oh, uh-huh. you know. So once again, so then today, Tuesday, Rogers goes on Pat McAfee. And this is what he had to say after Matt had, you know, what he had to say. I love this because this is all new to me. So I'm like so excited. Uh, in your post-game presser, I know you mentioned something about possibly simplifying some things. What the hell does that mean? Well, that's what LaFleur said. He doesn't know what that means either. Just to follow up on what AJ said over there. I'm just trying to get the same page. We all would like to know what that means. <laughs> yeah, me and Matt are feuding for sure right now. That's what it sounds like. I heard that. <laughs> yeah. I heard he said, fuck that guy. He's talking about plants and stuff. I don't know what that means. No, what does it mean, though, you think? Listen, that was part of a long answer about uh, a lot of different things that I was combining. Um, but at the heart of it is execution. And the most important thing is executing the plan and, and scoring points. You know, even a, the most complex plays can be simplified in our mind to the simple things we have to do on that play, whether it's a certain step we got to take or, or uh, body language we got to use on these plays. And we just got to be better at the details. I think that's the, the real thing I was trying to stress is, is the details have not been good enough. So then after all of this, Rogers kind of goes back and mimics what LaFleur was saying about details and execution. And it seems like after they talked, they were like, okay, we're using different verbiage. And it does seem like Rogers does want the offense to be a little bit more simple as far as blocking goes and maybe less of this jet sweep and RPO stuff. But it's funny to see the narrative, how it was two different things kind of merged together and it. Reminds me a little bit of last week, too, if you remember, for Take News, we had our little uh, attitude audit. And <laughs> yes. Roger said something about, you know, with Jair's comments about trying, you know, the narrative of the locker room. And it's funny to see him literally the next week kind of, you know, start off a little rocky, but then get in the groove with LaFleur on this. Well, I took it a little bit differently. Not like Rogers initially started out on the same page, just worded differently. I think Rodgers was kind of saying no, like he was pushing the blame. And I think LaFleur's always been really good at taking partial credit, no matter what, like blame, like, you mean? blame. Yeah. Yes. Part of bl- credit for the loss or yes. blame. Yep. 
And I don't think Rodgers wanted, even if he didn't deserve it, because, you know, his O-line just let him get beaten. Um, he didn't want it. And then it looks like in this Pat interview, he's kind of backtracking. Like someone yes. got in his head or he realized he was a little bit out of line. And he was like, you know what? That's what I meant to say. So he's kind of the one who pulled back, in my yeah, opinion. Not I, like they merged together. Roger switched lanes to get back into gear or into track. Yes, I think so, too. So it's funny how, I mean, never good. We haven't really had any issues like this, and this is a lot of drama, stupid shit that might not amount to anything. But when the offense is struggling, you do have to look at all things. And if they can't even communicate exactly what's wrong with the offense, it once again, shows you why this offense is as dysfunctional as it's been. So I'm far. sure this is something that always gets discussed. But like these two people who want to be leaders of the team, do they maybe? I mean, obviously Rogers, the whole uh, run pass options that you taught me about last week is is that something he's almost like insisting on? So he gets those, you know. And then the floor, his hands are kind of tied in some options. I don't know. I'm just asking because like. I'm trying to understand, is it a power struggle between these two to say who's in charge? Because obviously LaFleur should be. He's yeah, the coach, I, right? Yeah, I don't know. But it's it's tough because we've been doing the RPO stuff a little bit more this year with Devontae being gone. And I do think it is kind of a crux of the issue of the offense. I don't know who's right and who's wrong. I'm not a big right. X's and O's guy. But one of the things you could say about the offensive line and their struggles is this RPO stuff. Once again, it's run pass option. You don't know if they're going to run or pass on any given play when they have that play. So the offensive line does not know if they're blocking, if they're pass blocking or run blocking, depending on the play on top of that on jet sweeps, which Rogers has said in the past, he's not a big fan of, but on those jet sweeps too, you know, if you get those guys running, the defense could give a little bit of a head start and know when to rush. Now you could always fake it and not snap it when they're coming on the jet sweep, but I don't know. It's another variable that the offensive line has to deal with. I don't know. You know, I'm sure there's some philosophical differences between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers with what they want to do, but it, I don't know. It's a little, I, obviously we haven't been very good, but we'll see what actually happens. In I've the always ends. been like a Rodgers, um, supporter and backer through and I think you have too for the most part like when people get on his ass but one of the things that I'm we're kind of seeing now and I, I want your take on it maybe our offense isn't set up to be like a Rodgers focused offense when I say that I mean like we don't have you know he's a top tier quarterback who could make these amazing throws but the people who could make those amazing catches don't exist so when we have running backs that we have to utilize more because there are stars as well. It, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of rambling, but does it take away? Like I'm trying to say our style of offense and our player core might not be best suited to what Rogers is. I, I don't know if there's much that the Packers can do right, right now, no matter what, you know, you're, you're talking, you know, is it a philosophical thing and it's not an offense that can play well to Aaron Rodgers? Well, when you can't block up front, and that's what Matt said right after the game too, that shit doesn't really matter. So you got to get, you know, it's working on fundamentals and working everything else off of that. So if right. you can't block, you can't catch. You If you're not, you know, if you can't fucking get a handoff, all that other shit doesn't matter. And that's really where we're at right now. Okay, so first things first, fix the O-line. Pretty much. Cool. We You got to start from the bottom up. Right. But moving on to the quarterback now, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, not, uh, I don't know. 
every game you think Rodgers has a really bad game and then you rewatch it and you see how open guys are or how much pressure he's under. It's like, well, I guess he, you know, didn't have a lot of room for success. So he finished 26 for 41, uh, 246 yards, one touchdown, and he was sacked four times. Not very good, but uh, I don't know. Even in these bad games, it's like he looks so shitty. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, like that Lazard played down the sideline, the one that wasn't a, a touchdown where he just split the defenders with the ball. Amazing. Like he how still many- has out of precision. That's just like, how does that come out of him? Who's been playing like that? For, you know what I mean? But then exactly like you said, I know you don't like, I like some stats and just bullshit, but his time before pressure or whatever that stat is called, it was like the third lowest of the week and yeah. or second lowest of the week, excuse me, which is criminal, you know? Right. And it's, you know, there is more bad plays than good plays. I still think we have to see what he looks like with a better offensive line that we'll get into. But his legs also, I mean, he got out of a couple pressures, which was nice. But he had the one play where he threw to Romeo Dubs on first or second down where he had all the space in the world in front of him to pick up at least five yards, if not a touchdown. He also, once again, it's been coming up this year, but the delay of game wasn't very good. He had the deep ball to Romeo Dubs that was short by like seven yards, which is jarring to see, but it's becoming less and less surprising every week just about. And even like that third down play to Alan Lazard where uh, Sauce Gardner came up and knocked the ball out of his hands. It's like these little plays where if he would have led Lazard a little bit more, uh, Sauce isn't getting a hand on that ball. And it's these little tiny things that we want to see better from Rogers when post game two, which we didn't play. He said he might have to play a tick better. And it's like, you know what? You're getting paid like $50 million. I think you got to play a little bit more than a tick. Those small little things that you can consistently count on are what you, like you said, you're paying $50 million. Those are what you expect out of a top elite quarterback versus an average or normal quarterback. Exactly. Moving on to the running backs, uh, once again, a game where we're wondering why the hell is Aaron Jones not getting the ball more. First half only had the three carries. He finished with nine carries, 19 yards, just a 2.1 average. You know, not very good, but God, he had another play too. He had the one big run. I mean, this could have been a pick six play as well, where David Bakhtari or Elton Jenkins, I think it was Elton, had a hold brought the ball all the way back. If that hold didn't happen, we would have had the ball on the 15 and probably would have had some points. Right, but it's even more frustrating than just the hold. It's the, the concept of three runs. We talked about it last week. Oh, just probably a fluke. Yeah. Why isn't it happening? Even Aaron Jones said, you give me the ball, we're going to win that game. Or, you know, you give me the ball, it's my job yeah. to win. But I'm saying, I'm saying the concept is, uh, we thought, oh, Giants, London, maybe is jet lag, you, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. What is going on? It's very weird to get it two weeks in a row. It's bad because, you know, some of these quotes get old. Matt coming up to the podium saying we got to get him the ball more is becoming unacceptable. Oh, we like got to run the ball more. He said it at, well, and not even run the ball more, but we got to give Aaron Jones the ball more. It's, and he's just such a great player. Even the fumble that Rodgers had, Aaron Jones was like 10 yards down the field, came back, hopped on the ball. And more than anyone else on this team, once again, with Devontae Adams being gone, Aaron Jones on runs, on passes, you see him, and it doesn't look like an ideal situation, but he's always able to get more yards than you think he's going to. And when this offense is getting less yards than you're thinking it should have this far into the season, it's like why it really feels like every other play should be an Aaron Jones play. If you're either giving him the ball you know, in the air or through the ground, it's, I don't know. If, if nothing else, I'd like to fail doing that 
rather than fail doing something else at this well, point. Yeah, I mean, we've already failed doing something else at this point, so yes. let's try failing a different way. Exactly, and we'll talk about that right now. A.J. Dillon, one of the worst games of his career. I don't know how he graded out. I don't look at PFF no. grades this week. 10 carries, 41 yards, a 4.1 average. Doesn't look terrible. Like I said, he had the fumble on the handoff. He literally, I, he had two or three drops on this game too. Yeah. He, more than any other running back that I can remember in recent memory, maybe, uh, God, oh, fuck, who was our fullback? Danny, Danny Vitale, who did the intro for the podcast mm. back in the day too. He would always slip, and A.J. Dillon always seems to slip. This Here's a fun little stat. So, like I said, A.J. Dillon, he had the 41 yards. If he had a 19-yard run, if you eliminate that 19-yard run, he had nine rushes for 22 yards, which is a 2.44 yards per Awful. average. Just terrible. He's and I really like AJ Dillon. I feel bad because he seems like a really good guy. Uh, he's you know he's very personable. Uh, just today, even he donated like a hundred thousand dollars to a cancer drive, or I forget what the uh, specific charity was. And it's tough because he just does not look good this year. He seems like the slowest juker I can remember. I said it earlier this year. Anytime he gets the ball either if it's a handoff or even through the air, it seems like there's just always this extra hesitation, almost like what we see with Amari Rogers on punts. It's, you know, Eddie Lacy was probably the most fun running back I can remember watching in, you know, my, in my 30 years of watching the Green Bay Packers, but he was so quick. He was big, but he was quick. His spin move, his juke and AJ Dillon, he's a huge guy. He's a much better pass catcher than we thought he would be, but he's just, he doesn't have that quickness or that vision at least this year, and it's starting to become a and pretty big concern. When you don't have those things, the bigness is not doing any favors for you. Exactly. That's that's what's tough because he loves juking, but he's not quick enough for the jukes, and he's not a guy who initiates contact as right. much as you'd want. So for you how need big to be a power back or finesse, and he's too slow for the finesse side. Yeah, and not doing the power exactly so, that's that's where i'm at with him right now and shit or get off the pot something else i'm looking at now too you know we drafted him a couple of years ago we let jamal williams sign with the lions it's looking like i mean jamal williams is right now looking like a better running back than aj Dillon. when at the beginning of this year a lot of people were even saying that aj Dillon's better than uh, saquon barkley and now that's just a laughable statement wow. to, to have so one other thing to talk about that i got thinking on very very important here you brought it up last week, uh, talking about Aaron Jones. But A.J. Dillon did get married this offseason. Aaron Jones, by all accord that I can find, is not married. So that's something else that we have to look into. Wow. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> oh, God. Tongue Let's find that out. Uh, moving, <laughs> moving on to wide receiver. Randall Cobb uh, obviously got hurt. Looks like it's not going to be season ending, and he should be back. He only had the one catch for eight yards, but... He's been such a big part of the offense. We talked earlier this year. I said, I don't give a shit about Sammy Watkins going forward. Well, now with Christian Watson, Randall Cobb, and God, someone else is banged up. We're going to have to. You we need, need Sammy, Sammy Watkins. We need yeah, Sammy. Get back. off that IR. Is this the week he comes off the IR? He could start practicing this week. Okay. We're not sure, though. Aaron Rodgers is optimistic that he will. The other thing I'll say about Randall Cobb, obviously, when he left on the cart, he was crying, very emotional, very sad. 
Uh, right now, Randall Cobb is 0 for 2 on cries at Lambeau Field. Back in 2018, when he thought that was his last year with the Packers, there's that famous picture of him crying on the sideline and Aaron Rodgers consoling him. Now, this year at Lambeau Field, crying again while he's getting carted, carted off, thinking his season is over, possibly his career. Well, actually, he's probably going to be back in a month. So, once again, tongue in cheek, but Everyone's he is 0 for 2 on cries. said that Cobb's a little baby. You know, <laughs> he does have some gorgeous baby blue <laughs> yes, eyes. So yes. I'll, I'll give yes. you that at least. I'm moving on to Alan Lazard for reception, 76 yards, the one touchdown. I don't know. Nice to see him be the guy on offense, but it's is it, it though? I well, no, it's not right. because it's the last. It's last year's offense, but instead of Devonte Adams, it's Alan Lazard. Now we still had the nice back shoulder throw. We had the catch on the sideline. He makes most of the plays that are there, but. I don't know. You you can't have an elite, elite offense with Alan Lazard as your number and one. And I was going to say, not only that, not only that is that his last year's offense with Alan Lazard as number one instead of Devante. Well, now number two is f- f- who? You know, obviously it's Dubs, but yeah. it, it's a rookie that's still getting the feel of things. So when, when Devante is covered and not exploding, then you still have Lazard probably getting open somewhere. Right. You don't have that same dynamic now with your second because he's now your first and your third's a rookie learning your offense. We liked Lazard as a three. We don't love him as a one. That's the best way to say that's it. That's the biggest thing. Uh, moving on to Romeo Dubs. He did finish four receptions, 21 yards. He had a lot of targets. A lot of Rogers' bad balls seemed to be at Romeo Dubs. Once again, he had the four receptions, but he was targeted nine times. Here's a fun little stat for you. The Packers are 2-0 when Romeo Dubs has five or more receptions this season. Obviously, it's cherry-picking a little bit. It's like wow. one of those stats where it says, hey, if you run it 20 times, you win the game. It's like, well, yeah, you're usually trying to ice the clock. So right. I don't know, but just something to think of. Once again, I feel like if this offense is going to take that next step or be you know, a competent offensive season. Romeo Dubs is going to have to be the guy. So we'll just see if that happens. Moving on. Ugh, I mean, to, I don't know which way I want to go here. Amari Rogers. Nice to see him on offense and not screw up. He did have the one catch for 14 yards. Yeah. Pretty cool. Someone who got called up on the offense, Juwan Winfrey. This is his third uh, promotion from the practice squad to the active day roster. So he can't do it again this year. Had the one drop on the screen pass. Once again, Juwan, who we don't see very much of, just cannot keep he, – he can't make mistakes when he's playing in these games, and I think his time is probably pretty short for this team. So I just want to confirm, if you get pulled up from practice three times in a year, you're done. Yeah, you only get uh, – You have get to either stay, so, to stay forever. So, or, yes, or... now he's, he's either going to be on the practice squad and just practice all year, or they can move him up to the 53, which wouldn't be shocking with Cobb probably going to the IR here pretty right. quick. But based on your last statement, you said he can't make mistakes. Do you think he made too many mistakes again in this game? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. we barely saw him, and when you did see him, he made a mistake. He had one catch, but the other, he had a very easy drop on a screen. It's like... You can't be doing do, that. When you have very limited chances and you blow right. them, I don't want to nope. see you get the ball For anymore. sure. Robert Tunyon, like you talked about earlier, you didn't think he'd get at least 23 yards. Well, he actually ended up with 90 yards, 10 receptions, a Green Bay Packers record for receptions for a tight end. I don't know. I tried to look it up, and I couldn't find whose record he broke. I wouldn't be surprised if it was even Jimmy Graham. But if it's not Jimmy Graham, I bet it's probably Jermichael Finley. But yes, uh, once again, sneaky, great game. Uh, he seemed to be the you know the outlet guy on these passes where Rodgers was getting pressured. And once again, that that uh, third down grab that he had on the sideline was great. He's still moving a little slow, but 
once again, week six, we thought maybe he'd start playing at this point, and he was the number one, you know, pass catcher on the day. I mean, to have him already in center point of the offense, great. Yes, pretty, pretty good. We'll see, you know. I don't again, want to I don't... center point. Sorry, I meant they're utilizing him, obviously, out of necessity because there's no one else to throw to. Yeah. But they, I mean, he's involved. He's catching. He's making plays. Good. Give me yep. a, a Travis Kelsey. Yep. <laughs> Second week in a row, uh, moving on to the offensive line. Just bad. Just really, really bad. I think everyone graded out poorly. Everyone gave up multiple uh, pressures, maybe, aside from uh, Myers, the center, I believe. But like I said, David Bakhtiari didn't pick up a stunt. John Runyon had one of his worst games as a pro. Josh Myers, I guess he was okay. And Royce Newman, I mean, we've talked about him a lot this year. But man, this might be the last, I hope it's the last game that he's going to start for a while. He just, he, I don't know if he's ever picked up a stunt in his life. And that is, that really isn't a joke. I can't remember seeing like a replay. I'm sure he has, but he cannot do that when they just cross on the defensive line. He can never pick that guy up. And once again, uh, Elton Jenkins playing right tackle, looking like a mistake. Seems like that change is going to have to happen. The last two weeks, the coaching staff has told us, depending on how guys play, moves will be made. Well, it's been two weeks in a row of some bullshit, so hopefully that happens. Once again, I assume if a move does happen, it's either going to be Tom just supplementing Newman at right guard, or maybe we're going to move Elton Jenkins into right guard and then have Yash, who a lot of people have talked about, our right tackle from last year and who's been rotating with David Bakhtiari. Coming in at right tackle, he hasn't played right tackle as a pro, but did play in college right tackle. But once again, I wouldn't be surprised if we just keep Zach Tom in one spot, have him play at right tackle, and then keep Yash at left tackle in case David does get hurt again and Yash has to play. A lot of reports saying um, it's not an issue of talent, but a phobia of people from the East Coast. So we'll keep an eye on that, too, going into next week. On what? Our offensive line. People, oh, they're afraid pho- of phobia of, yes. of the East Coast. They're afraid of Jets and Giants. Yes, <laughs> yes so. exactly. We'll see. We talked a lot there about the offense, uh, but with that, we will have a quick commercial break. And we are back with the defense. Yeah, the defense, not the best game. Uh, I mean, once again, we obviously gave up the 27 points. Only 20 of them were technically the defense's fault because of the block punt. But not the best showing. I mean, there's some bright spots in there, but just more of the same. Once again, the Packers only have one pick on the season, and they had their chances again in this game. Stokes could have had one if he turned his head around on a play. Savage could have had one in the end zone on that terrible decision from Zach Wilson. And Jair on the sideline when the Jets were going from the left to the right. It's If it were a better ball, it might have got picked off, but Jair didn't even have his uh, head right. around. It was nice to see Joe Barry... Changed his defense a bit. Jair Alexander did trail uh, Wilson, the rookie Garrett Wilson, and played pretty well on him. I think he only had a handful of receptions for uh, less than 10 yards. So that was nice to see. A little bit more dime as well, getting an extra safety out there with uh, Rudy Ford even playing. So that was nice to just at least see some type of change coming from Joe Barry. But once again, it does seem like any offensive coach that watches tape finds something that they can get an advantage on on this defense. You know, this week it wasn't the crossing routes, but the runs. I mean, they only ran it 17 times, and it seems like every single time they ran it, it was 
at least six yards. It was either a stop in the backfield or a first down just about every time. And the long runs were just incredibly embarrassing. And once again, I don't like Joe Barry. I don't think he's a good defensive coordinator. I don't think this team, maybe we can win a Super Bowl with him as a defensive coordinator, but some positives. Uh, The defense did only give up 99 net passing yards, and I don't think they let up a actual crossing route during this game which was nice wow they are fifth in yards per game and 15th in points per game which is okay that's solid and something else that was pretty impressive that it was overlooked that goal line stand at the very end for how bad they were and on those other uh drives allowing touchdowns but at the very end for a team that was down by 14 the jets had nine plays from the five yard line and didn't get in the end zone which is very very impressive there was That's multiple insane. like penalties and still held up so that was nice to see i mean yeah else. no one wanted no one wanted to score i w- yeah i wish we could have like taken some of those plays and like used them earlier in the game but Ugh. unfortunately that isn't allowed uh, moving on to the players on the defense running at corner jayer obviously had a great game nice to see him there was one of those like screen passes where he avoided contact from a gigantic left tackle, but that's okay. Still kind of coming back from that shoulder injury. Eric Stokes up and down season. He got burnt pretty bad on that Corey Davis gain. Not much you can do there, but we'll see. I don't know. He's been up and down kind of a sophomore slump right now, but it was nice to see Joe Barry use him on a blitz. We haven't seen a lot of blitzes from the secondary this year. So that was nice. And even on that play, the Packers got a hand and deflected it. So Hey, what do you know? When you blitz and try something else, it actually works. Moving Shocking. on to safety. Not much to talk about. Darnell Savage still playing really bad. Adrian Amos is picking up the slack, though. Once again, the last couple of weeks, he's been very, very consistent. And if there's a big play, if there's a big hit, I should say, from the secondary, it usually seems to be Adrian Amos crashing down. Uh, moving on to inside linebacker. A lot of people have talked about this, and we've been talking about it all year. Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker aren't doing very well. Once again, I mean, Quay has, or sorry, Devondre has twice as many missed tackles as, as he did all of last year. And Quay Walker had, he had something like four rush uh, running stops um, to start the season, meaning like a, he had a tackle on a running play for zero yards or less. And since then, he I think he's only had two Something like that. So he's completely yeah. kind of fallen off. He's biting too hard on these plays. The Brees Hall uh, run, the Berrios run were both kind of his fault. Not getting in position. Run defense is a little tough for rookies, obviously, we're finding out. But still okay in pass coverage. But it, once again, if we had some type of exotic defense to use the speed and explosiveness that Quay is as an athlete, maybe you know he'd be playing a lot better and we wouldn't have to talk about this kind of like Blake Martinez role where he's in at times, but it's been pretty bad for a first round pick and Devondre, who was an all pro and paid like one this off season being a weakness in the defense right now. I mean, I can't analyze the defense like you can, like, I just don't have that, but hearing those stats, it sounds awful. I mean, there's some pretty big oopsies going on lately. We're still, it like, in this game, they didn't run a hell of a lot, but I don't know why you don't just keep running the ball on this Packers defense because they clearly can't stop it. Well, we've shown that week after week since week one. We talked about it. We said, is this going to be a recurring theme? Oh, hopefully not. We'll fix it. Well, week seven, still haven't fixed it. Yeah, so far, not so good. Uh, moving on to outside linebacker, Rashawn Gary, once again, a sack. He's so fucking good at football. A very interesting sack, too, where it was almost like he was out of the play and then came back around and freaking like slammed Wilson to the ground, which was 
nice to see. It's nice to see the violence again coming on the <laughs> defensive from nowhere else. Uh, Rashawn Gary, especially when we're losing. Yes. <laughs> well, it, hey, it was a game at yeah, that point. No, at that's least. fair. And JJ Anikbari, someone who I've tried to hype up during the season, got his first career sack. <laughs> it looked pretty cool because he beat the guy around the edge and some nice kind of veteran pass rushing moves, but it was against a tight end, so not sure. uh, not super impressive. But I don't know. Preston looked a little bit slow on the uh, Brees Hall run. He he kind of got juked a little bit, and then when you watch the breakaway speed from Brees Hall, it's like, oh my god, Preston can barely keep up but he is a much larger human than he is <laughs> and moving on to the defensive line once again not much to talk about i like to see more from tj slayton kenny clark is an animal but once again it's batman without any robins uh jaron reed should have got penalized for that late hit on the sideline once again i'd like to see him make you know big hits in the field of play and not on the sidelines that could potentially get you a penalty but i don't know it uh i what i what I'm hearing, based on what you're saying, like you just said, Batman with no Robin, but even if you have three guys that, that are going to stop 100% of the things or, or you know hold their own and one weak link always lets a guy through, it it doesn't matter what those other three guys are doing because you're still getting beaten. I get, true, but it's, it's kind of like the issue we're having with the offensive line right now where if you have one issue you can patch that up if you right got, no, i'm not saying for end of year i'm saying or rest of year i'm just saying yeah like no so I, far to date well we're still shitting in a bucket like it's just nothing good's going on yeah i i get that but it's you you know you want the defensive line to at least hold up their blocks so that the inside linebackers can run in and make the plays on the running back and right now when we don't have a you know we're not holding the point of attack at the line of scrimmage the two inside linebackers who are still learning to play with each other are kind of pussyfooting around for who's making the play. And now we're seeing that kind of confusion, hesitation, or over-pursuit, which is really hurting them in the ground game. Well, maybe that's what Rodgers means when he says, uh, <laughs> simplify the game plan. There Less confusion go. right there. Yeah, I'm sure we he figured went right. it out. We he dissected it. He went to the defensive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the them. Defensive Blame it on them when hey, they put guys, up 10. You guys got to play better. I know I only put up 10 points, but it out. yeah. And moving on to the special teams. Mari Rogers, I mean, he was fine, but once again, it's just every time I see him have a return, there's just too much hesitation. It's like, you know, when you're playing baseball and you're playing the outfield, your first step should always be backwards. Amari Rogers kind of takes that when oh, it comes to punt returning. Way he too far. Yeah, well, he, I love he, that analogy. He catches it, and his first step is never forward. He's always just left and right. And Is it like the ball weighs like a ton? He catches it and he like gets bumped back a little bit and he has to like catch I, his feet again? I mean, he weighs so little, it probably is more of a detriment than it would be for right. other players. For A.J. Dillon, it definitely, you not, know... Not, well, not the case. I guess he's... A.J.'s running <laughs> like the ball is heavy. Sure. But, I mean, you, we just saw it the last couple of weeks too. I mean, Barrios for the Jets. I mean, he's a pro bowler, but God, just get north and south. Just catch... Always yeah. catch the ball and run straight. That's all I... All I'm asking from this guy, but... Or we'll, don't catch we'll the ball and let it go into the end zone. Yep, but true. One of the two. And the other thing to talk about is, you know, the special teams in general, obviously allowing the block punt touchdown, uh, getting a kick blocked, not very good. Uh, it's a thought I've had all season, and I'm still holding to it. I think Rich Bisacci is a better special teams coach than Murray Drayton, our special teams coach last year. But I really think if the 2021 Green Bay Packers had Rudy Ford and Keyshawn Nixon uh, as gunners on special teams and, you know, Pat O'Donnell as the punter. Jack Coco, who's been up and down, he had one high snap on Sunday, but he's been much better than Hunter Bradley or Stephen Wordle was last year. 
if we had these same guys on the Packers last year, I think our special teams would have been fine. And if Maurice Drayton stayed around and had these guys, I think we would have been fine. Just my take, but honestly, when you have Rudy Ford running down and Pat O'Donnell hang time high enough, it, there isn't much to really teach at times. So, Yeah, I, I got nothing on that. Cool. Perfect. Well, that's the game. That was the game. Anything else to talk about? It was pretty shitty I mean, there. Just a, a shitty game. Yeah, you know? true. Well, I mean, the Jets, the Giants. Now, oh my, <laughs> Commanders. <laughs> we we said last a lot of week, weird names. Well, hang on. I, oh, I mean, the Commanders is a stupid, the worst team and the worst team name in football. <laughs> they should have kept the football team. I loved, I loved the Washington <laughs> football team for the like coolness of you know what we don't care. We're the Washington football team. Yes. Um, but I I got just a question from last week after the Giants loss. You sat here and you said, I'm not worried. Not mm-hmm. a big deal. You know, Twitter's freaking out. I don't care if we lose next week. And you kind of laughed because it was almost impossible. Yeah. Uh, you said, then I'll be worried. Yeah. Are, are you worried? I am. We're in a weird spot right now. We're obviously 50, you know, we're 500. It's funny. And, uh, you know, I was saying this all week. We're a 500 football team right now. And so many teams are year after year so shitty that they would kill to be in the position where it's hilarious that we're three and three and it, you know Sunday the world was falling that it was the end of the world it was the season is over but right now you know our next three games we got the commanders lines and bills if we win two of those we're fine and if we if even if we like split between the commanders and the lions but we're somehow any given Sunday if we beat the bills no matter what happens if we beat the bills we're going to be like, hey, this is a good team. We could, we're, we're, we're Super Bowl team. champions. Exactly. We're, we're coming. So it doesn't matter you know, what you we, are right we now. We could be four and four when we beat the Bills, and, <laughs> and we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, possibly. We'll see. That's but what it, we're going to say. Yes, it, exactly. But it's just one of those things where I just, and we said at the end of last year after getting all these home field playoff games, I just want to make the playoffs, and then, af- and then from there, I just want to be hot going into the playoffs. That seems to matter more then you're seeding at least if you're I playing thought, for the Green Bay I Packers. I thought you were going to say, like, you want to make the playoffs because you just love the disappointment in the NFC Championship games or something. No, and I was like, I mean, why? No, I, but... <laughs> I We're blessed to have those playoff losses that were at least always good, but yes, I, something different. That's why I'm like... That's that's fair. Come in hot, right? Yeah, Don't even, start out... I mean, we won the Super Bowl. Was that the relax season? Was that their what? The relax season? No, uh, the, the relax came a couple years after okay, that, but we were okay. the sixth seed when we won the Super Bowl. Sure. But with that, we will have... Take news. Football time. Take news. All right. Take news for the week. Uh, I listened to, unfortunately, I listened to some other Packers podcasts. I only really listened to the ones put together by guys on the beat, the journalists, the guys who are at all the press conferences and in the locker room before and after the games and during the week, you know, the people who know the team. These are the unbiased reporters who are supposed to tell you what's going on or what mo- more than likely is going to happen in the future. Is Pat McAfee? No, he's not, nothing. He's, he's not no. that. He's not affiliated with the Packers. Usually for this, you're either, you know, a local news station you know, just a normal, not, you know, you didn't really go to like journalism school, but then there's guys who work for the newspapers like the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel or the athletic or sports illustrated. These people usually like went to Syracuse and got a four year degree in journalism or some shit. And that's like your real, like non-biased stuff. They'll say, Hey, there's turmoil going on. That's well, not, not even so much that, but just staying level, not 
giving hot takes and, you know, once again, this unbiased opinion, just reporting what's going on. Big J journalism is the big thing. So this week, very funny. I listened to the Packers News podcast with Tom Silverstein, Ryan Wood, and Cassidy Hill. Uh, Tom Silverstein, he gets a lot of shit. He's one of the older guys on the beat, but he's the one who I respect really more than anyone else. Him and Jason Wilde have been there longer than anyone else. And they, you know, some people call Tom a curmudgeon or get on him about, you know, complaining about Aaron Rodgers in the past. We've talked about this quite a bit, but usually he's very level on things when other younger guys sometimes can be a little more up and down. So this was a great week for this. Like I said, I listen to that podcast quite a bit because those people know more than I do. But so here, let's go back in time. This is <laughs> this is Ryan Wood. Uh, this is from the Packers News Podcast. After the Patriots game or before the Patriots game, I forgot which, but talking about the Packers in the future. Quite an um, October for them, too. You've got the Patriots, got, home, got London, you've got Bills game at the, you know, at Bills in primetime late. That's a big They big could month. easily be going into that Bills game five and one, six and one. Let yeah. me look at the calendar. They're two and one now. Three, four, five. Six. They could be going into that Bills game six and one. Which would completely mirror last year and through three games. Mm-hmm. This season completely mirrors last year. After the opener last year, they, they won their next seven. They went from mm-hmm. 0 and 1 to 7 and 1. And if you look at it, they could go from 0 and 1 to, like you said, what, 5 and 1, 6 and 1? They'd oh. be 6 and 1 going into Stop Buffalo it. if they. Stop it. They could. Why are you looking ahead to 6? I'm just, no, I'm just it's contemplating. The, the possibility is there, though. It's, it's the, 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 the road there for the same thing. I'm sorry. I know it, any given Sunday, but who of these next. Four teams are beating them. I don't know. New England could beat them. <laughs> Heck yeah, New England could beat them. Jets could beat them. Jets? I put the Giants. I'd give the Giants a much better shot than the Jets. Yeah, maybe a letdown in London. I'm not seeing the Jets coming into Lambeau Field and win. So Cassidy Hill, who this is her first full season on the beat, I think she hopped in about halfway through last year. So her and Ryan Wood are just talking about how, yes, this mirrors last season, and I'll cut some of that out where Ryan Wood's talking about how this season mirrors last year and how they went on this big seven-game winning streak or whatever, and Cassidy's talking about, yeah, they're probably going to, you know, who are they going to lose in these next couple weeks? And Tom is laughing, like, how are you already writing these teams off when this team right now, what we're seeing, really hasn't been very impressive? And obviously we were 2-1 and at the time, but that Patriots game, wasn't impressive. The Vikings game wasn't impressive. The Bears game wasn't incredibly impressive either. Lackluster. And he's laughing at them for already getting ahead of the season right now and what this team is. You know, once again, we didn't know what this team was. Well, <laughs> this is huh. funny. Once again, fast forward to this week. Now, remember what Ryan Wood said there. Like, you know, there's they're gonna they should be seven and one. He's expecting them to be seven and one you know, after the Patriots win. So this was Ryan this week talking about that same football team, the 2022 Green Bay Packers. Is this who they are? A not good team? Uh, It's such a long season. I don't know if this is who they are long-term, but this is who they are right now. And the reason why this isn't a trap game is because the Packers aren't good enough to have trap games. To have a trap game, you have to be like this really good team that might overlook an opponent and lose to an inferior opponent. That's not the Packers. That's not how they're set up. 
they could lose next week to Washington. There's a decent chance they lose that game. There's a decent chance they lose every game because at this point, there's so much for this team to figure out. It's it's a very lukewarm, mediocre team. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're terrible, but they're not good. So now Ryan Wood, this is three games later. We were three games into the season for his last quote. This is three games after that, and he's saying this is not a good team. You can't. Did you hear? He said you can't count teams out when that's literally what he did. Three weeks ago, he said this is not a good team. Cassidy also said this is not a good team. He laughed and said, ha, 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 the Jets. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, he was like, ha, 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 the Jets. Is that the guy you res- like respect? Or are you like Barry, the actual real one who was like more down Tom, to earth? Tom, Tom, you're thinking okay. Joe Barry. Uh, yes, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, how do you even respect any takes or opinions that come well, out of that class? I mean, I, I've, that's the first I've ever heard the guy's name yeah. or voice or remembered it, right? Well, it's it's very funny, too, because one of our first times we did take news was during the 2019 season. And going into that game against Washington, that's when uh, Haskins was starting for him. He also said that, you know, he was going to the game and he tweeted like a picture out like, oh, I guess... Uh, an attempt football game is going to happen here because he was overlooking Washington in that game as well. And the Packers squeaked that game out. And it's just these reporters sometimes who just get so much cut into the narrative and how good this team is or how bad another team could be. But any it really is any given Sunday. And we're seeing that again this season. But these people just want to... Well, they're surrounded by that media as well, right? Because they have yeah. to figure out what to write, what to talk about. So they're looking at what's popping in other news articles. So it just gets so much more pounded into your head when that's your echo chamber. For sure. But once again, now let's hear what Tom had to say this week and see you know, if it's, clo- if it's a little bit closer to the emotion that he had three weeks ago compared to what Ryan Wood was three weeks ago. Spoon, do they have enough in place to figure it out and get there? Well, the most troublesome thing I I think you can say is that, to me, the game wasn't a surprise. It was just Mm -hmm. a microcosm of how they've been playing for six weeks. They don't, you know, they don't finish strong. They don't, I think they've scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter the entire year. Um, They don't finish strong defensively. Um, They don't turn the ball over as a defense. Um, you know, they don't know whether they want to run the ball or whether they want to pass the ball. So you see what I'm talking about here where Tom, it's his same take that he had three weeks ago where we don't know what this team is. They're not finishing strong. It's a long season. Tom has been level throughout the whole thing. And that's what I try to do as a fan is, you know, shit's blowing up right now, but we don't know what the future is. We're trying to look at, you know, how the team's playing, not exactly what the score is. And Tom's maintained that the whole season and his whole career pretty much being an even-keeled guy, which is what I'm always looking for. Ryan Wood, not so much. Well, it's almost like, not to go back to everything betting, but it's very (laughs) similar to like betting lines. I feel like those are very reactionary at times. So for the to make, or sorry, to win the division, I get the Vikes won and the pack lost. So that obviously has a little bit of offset. Yeah. But specifically, last week, um, the Vikings, to win their division, were like plus 200. And this week, they're minus 190. And the Packers went from minus 190 to plus 225. So they're saying that one game flip. And it's like literally one Vikings lose next week, Packers win, for example. It puts us right back to the standings of where we could have been 
You know what I mean? I just think I, it's very it's a very yeah. quick jump to go from four to one to the the reverse. It's I, like I wow. suppose, but you know, the Vikings very you know, they could have lost that game. Everyone expected the Packers to win. And right now, because the Vikings have the tiebreaker on the Packers, it's sure tough as well. So they're essentially three games up. Yeah. And because the odds to make the playoffs for the Packers are much worse. Like, they're much higher. You're not getting paid out. You know right. what I mean? It's like minus 180 or some shit. Because they're, sure. they're going to make the playoffs is what they're saying, but not win the division. Yes. But, you know, it's now... Six weeks into a 17-week si- year. Six weeks, yeah, as opposed to three weeks as well. But just want to talk about that once again. Uh, old media versus new media. We kind of see, and now you're seeing it now too, just with the hot takey. Unfortunately, <laughs> beat reporters are becoming a little bit too hot takey like I like Matt Schneidman a lot but even this offseason he said there's no chance in hell that the Packers are trading away Devontae Adams you saw what happened and those are the types of things what happened (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, I don't know if you saw (laughs) but those are the types of things that the likes of Tom Silverstein and Jason Wilde and Bill Huber those kind of guys they don't they don't say that shit that could eventually prove wrong especially when you don't know what's going on within the organization but with that Andrew, are you ready? I'm ready. Is Colin an idiot? Perfect. I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. Is Kyle an idiot for the week? Andrew, you are bad. Really bad. Really bad. You I mean, are an idiot. If there's... those if those reporters were like judging me that we just talked about, <laughs> they'd be like, there's no hope. And they'd all be right. They'd be like, it's it's 50-50 if he even knows what the question means. Yes, we have three questions a week. I believe you've answered maybe three. Maybe three correctly. That's what we'll put it at. Yep. So, let's get right into it. Andrew, your favorite form of these questions. Yay. Andrew, which one of these names is of a former Green Bay Packer? Roy Munson? Dave Simonette, Nate Palmer. Hmm. I don't think it's C because I believe that Palmer was just playing last night. Okay. Um, and that's where you got that name because always these names are relevant somehow. Okay. That you choose. So I am gonna go. Can you? Can I hear the first two, please? Roy Munson and Dave Simonette. Dave Simonette. All right. Let's see. Uh, Dave Simonette is the lead singer of Trampled by Turtles. So you are God, wrong. Yeah. I'm going to see them in next fall. Oh, in Duluth. In yeah, they're in fall. Duluth. Yeah. Yeah, they, well, they're from Duluth, so they sense. do play there quite that, a bit. That's, but yeah. that's fair. Uh, yeah, Dave Simonette is the lead singer and songwriter of Trampled by Turtles. Roy Munson is Bill Murray's character oh. in Kingpin. And Nate Palmer was an inside linebacker who played about three years with the Packers. So and he floated around in the league quite a bit. He, might he wasn't even... catching balls last night for San Diego. No, he, uh, no. <laughs> He's not a wide receiver. So there you go. Good start. Idiot so far. 0 and 1. Andrew. Here we go. Next question. What team did Vince Lombardi coach after leaving the Green Bay Packers? God, you know, I, I want to say Dallas, but that's obviously like just bias or recency bias with McCarthy. Um, I'm going <laughs> to only a 50 year difference. <laughs> right. Um, I, for some reason, I'm going to say he moves somewhere warm. Uh, California. Let's go. The, let's go. The char. Let's go to the 49ers. You are wrong. He went to Washington, the slurs at the time. Ah, yes. yes. So he did not play okay. for Well, double idiots, double idiotis. So, 0-2, let's see. Ugh, you're not going to get this no, one, too. come on. Some, sometime I just want, like, Andrew, who's a former Packer? Reggie White. You had a... Bernie <laughs> Sanders, you know? like That's give me not something. entertaining. Everyone yeah, knows know, that. Know. <laughs> you had a 1-3 in three shot. You had a 1-31 yeah, no, no, shot. You're right, you're right. Let's you're see right. how you do here. 
Andrew, who was the quarterback the last time the Washington football team beat the Green Bay Packers? I I don't know if the Washington football team has ever beat the Green Sorry, Bay Packers. Sorry, whatever. Washington. So on a technicality, they, no. <laughs> okay, Washington has beat um, the Packers. I, I'm 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 literally no. Uh, actually, hang on. Okay. Jake something. Um, Jake something with a P. Jake. Ooh, Jake Plummer. Uh, yeah. Ooh. I want to say that's the only car or uh, Redskin I can think of. Okay. I'm. I'm trying to think of like baseball cards back mm-hmm, in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baseball cards. Or sorry, you know, you know what I mean? Trading football cards, cards, football cards. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, Jake Plummer, he was a quarterback for the Denver Broncos <sighs> in the early 2000s. So you, you are once again way off. Yeah, uh, right position. Alex Smith was the last quarterback to beat the Packers in Washington. And before that, it was Kirk Cousins. Who oh, okay. Okay. The, the you like that. Uh, Alex Smith, Um, did he, where is he now? He, he went to retired. San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was. He was at San Francisco. San Francisco, okay. then Washington, and then God, who did he finish with? Man, it was last year too, wasn't it? Was it? Was it Washington? Again? Whatever. Doesn't matter. You have my stump Spenny question. Stump Spenny. Okay. What two Green Bay Packers are tied for the most single game receptions, and how many? Uh, receptions in a season. Single game, game, single game receptions. Yep, from Packer receivers. Yeah, okay, got it. And yeah. how many? Okay, so it's Don Hudson and Devontae Adams. Wow. This well, I mean, sure, that's a that's a great question. It's Has not it been asked easy. before? Well, Devontae Adams broke the record last year as a Packer. Yes. So it's still in my memory. What was it? Thirteen or fourteen? Fourteen. Receptions? He, yeah. he 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 went with. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, I got this from 2020, so that makes sense. <laughs> okay. That's the well, that's the screenshot data right. I got here. Okay. Well, well, very good question. But I yes, mean, you 14, know, do you know what uh, number Don Hudson wore? N- not not a clue. It was 14. Oh, jeez, oh, Louise. That's why he did that. All right. Well, very good stump spending question. I think I'm about 500 on the year. Maybe, I, I think you've only been that. stumped once. Okay. Well, that's even and it better. was like the hurt the Hohenbosch. No, the place I got they that played. one you right. You got no, it on the gimme. It was Minnesota. Was the drop yeah, one? That's what it was. Week. Yep, that's what it was. All right. Moving on to the preview of next week's game. We are playing the Washington Commanders at noon on Fox. We have the uh, C team for the. Uh, Fox's coverage. With Who do they give us? Adam Amen, Daryl Johnston, and Pam Oliver as the sideline reporter. The uh, Washington football team, uh, the commanders, are not very good this year. As you know, they are two and three. Uh, they are, well, currently the Packers are a five and a half point favorite. The over under in the game is 41 and a half. Uh, but yeah, not a very good team. Two and four. Uh, Coming off a loss to the Chicago Bears, twelve to seven. Yeah, I got something to say. Yeah, two and four. You said two and three the first time. I just want to make sure they weren't coming off a bye. Yep. No. Nope, okay. You're right. I, I'm glad nope. I got back to it. Perfect. Again. But yes, two and four uh, on offense. They are not very good. I'm sure a lot of people have saw that uh, Carson Wentz is not going to play. He had finger surgery, so we are once again going up against Tyler Haneke, who we beat last year when he was the quarterback for the football team, 24 to 10. He does wear number four because he was a huge Brett Favre fan growing up. But honestly, I'd rather go up against Carson Wentz than Heineke just because Wentz has been one of, if not the worst quarterback starting right. this year. Uh, Brian Robinson, their running back who got shot in uh, before the season, he is their leading back right now or leading the backfield. Um, 
Gibson still leads them on rushing yards for the season, but Robinson was the guy who carried the load last week who had 60 yards, but just a 3.5 yards per carry. Uh, Terry McLaurin is their top wideout. He's pretty good. Um, Dotson, their rookie, has been injured. I don't think he's playing this week. So we'll see that, but not a lot to get worried about on the offensive side of the ball. On defense, they're 25th in rushing yards per game. Not so good. They're 15th in pass yards per game, but 24th in yards per pass. So, you know, we'll see how they really are. But the big thing with them is pressure. They have five players on their team that have three sacks or more. Jonathan Allen, their defensive tackle, has three and a half sacks alone and seven tackles for loss. Montez Sweat, their outside linebacker, edge guy, he has three and is a pretty good player as well. Also kind of similar to the Packers, they haven't forced a lot of turnovers, only two picks on the season and one forced fumble. So we'll see a not very good team. Uh, This team is actually bad, you know. The Giants and Jets, we thought were bad, but they've kind of shown, you know, the Giants obviously beat the Ravens this week too, showing that they're pretty decent football teams, but the Commanders really don't look like it. It is going to be, once again, in Washington. I'm a little worried about the turf. I'm curious to see after David Bakhtari played all the snaps last week at Lambeau, after playing less snaps than Yash in London, you know, the terrible, terrible, legendary, terrible field at... uh, it's not the link, but in Washington, them and Soldier Field are like I was going to ask worst. if they're comparable to Chicago. I don't think uh, Soldier Field causes as many injuries, but in Washington, like RG3, you know, kind of ruined his career. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see kind of a rotation. Those with teams got to do again. something. What's the what, what's going on? Well, it's weird with Chicago. The Soldier the Field we know, is we owned by that. the city, yeah. so it's up to them. But the commanders and we've seen they're having quite a week. And even right now, it's blowing up a little bit more with their owner, who's a total piece of shit and. He said this week that he has dirt on the other owners and they can never get rid of them. And now all this, the Colts owner is Ray said that he wants to get rid of the uh, Dan Snyder, the owner of Washington's football team. So it's, it's kind of a cluster. It's, it'll be an interesting year to see what happens with wow. Dan Snyder, but he's a complete piece of shit. I know um, nothing of that, but after this, I will definitely be looking into. Yeah. He's, he leaves games. So like, you know, within the stadium, you know, where the concourse, where yeah, people yeah. walk, he leaves the games in cars. He has a, a bunch of cars that leave and he just doesn't ever interact with people, hops in the car and leaves the stadium. And he's just a douchebag, a douchebag, douchebag. Uh, you know, he's been I don't know if you even have to say alleged because he's uh, sexual assault. He's not technically the running manager of the team. His wife is, which is also bullshit because he's at every game. Right. But we don't have to get into any more of this. Andrew. What are you thinking about I'm this just, game? Going I'm just into thinking it? that I'm glad you cut it off there because I would have asked like seven more questions. Yes, and we don't so, need to get you. into that. Yes, um, I'm thinking that based on what you just said, their strong point, their defensive line and rushers, is our weak point. So that's something to be a little concerned of. True. Very good. Um, the reasoning. Yes. I'm thinking. I'm afraid to pick a a score prediction because mm-hmm. I think I was right last week. Actually. Just if you flip the teams. Yes. So I, say, I don't think I, you were. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm afraid because, of course, I think the Pack are going to win. Um, I, I'm, I'm always going to be a Packer fan and supporter and overconfident Good. in them. So I'm, I'm thinking this could be the game that boosts them back mm. and and gets their morale going and saying, "Hey, I mean, here's if they don't score 35 points this game and they don't go off." Like all concerns are justified of do they have not 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 are they going to have a winning season? I don't know if they have are to. They, I don't know if they have to score thirty five points. I, to, I'm saying like I want to see like 
a 35 yes. to zero point game where we just stomp them like we're playing a college team. And it that would alleviate a lot of the doubts and concerns and fear yep. that I have right now. Yep. But uh, if it's a tough grit match, 10 to 17, and we sneak out because we win by scoring a, a, you know, a touchdown in the third quarter that just goes unanswered. Yeah. I'm still not like comfortable. Right. Yeah. No, we, I mean, we keep thinking the next week's going to be a shit kicker and we're not getting the shit kickers. You know, we got our shit kicked last week, so it's a little troublesome. I, I we'll see. I, I don't like these games. Every game in Washington just looks like shit too. We beat them in the playoffs like five years ago too. And even that just not good feelings, but we'll see. I think the offensive line can hold up. Hopefully they make some changes, but like I said earlier, I, I'm really hesitant to think that they're going to move Yash over to right tackle just because David Bakhtari's knee and what's been going on with that. So I don't know. We probably won't find out until Sunday. But Andrew, what is your score prediction? Yeah, I, I'm honestly going to go bolder here than normal. Um, 32 mm-hmm. to 0. Oh, the Packers win. Packers win. Okay. 32-0. Okay. Usually our, our scores have been close for the most part this year. Yeah, but I, that is- I, I think... We come out with determination, our dicks swinging, mm, fucking swinging dicks. going. Okay. Yes. As in a helicopter motion? I hope so. Okay. Fucking cool. full speed ahead. <laughs> and to the side in a circle. Uh-huh. Uh, my score prediction, Andrew, I have the Packers winning 27 to 24. Once again, like last week, I think I only had us winning by two. Did not feel good about that. I hopped on that one Jets podcast that Fansided also has. We're under the Fansided umbrella because they're great. Um, but I told them it was like a seven and a half point spread. And I'm like, I would. If I ever bet on the Packer game, I never do because something bad happens no matter what. I would have taken the Jets, and of course, that happened. But I, I don't know. This game, I think it could be close. Yours is much more likely, obviously. Yeah. I just really hope that doesn't happen. I know everyone hopes it doesn't happen. But that's I, I just, that, that's going back to like Ryan Wood and shit at the beginning of the year. It's like, well, the Packers don't look good, but I hope that they're going to be good because they have in the past. And usually that's I'm what doing happens. what I hate right now. I'm yes. doing exactly what I hate, but I have to. <laughs> I have to. So yes, twenty four to twenty seven. I I don't know it. I don't like playing in Washington. I don't like Taylor Heineke. He's a little gritty. I don't like, like you said, the big matchup between the offensive and defensive line for the Packers. So and I don't like losing. I don't either. But Andrew, what is your bold prediction? My for this bold game? prediction here. Yeah, um, I, I'm not bold enough uh, mm-hmm. ever. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think I kind of went there with my. Um, my score prediction sure but into that i i'd like to say that we get four plus sacks and a defensive touchdown four plus sacks and a defensive touchdown okay yeah. that's pretty bold i'll i'll accept that i uh you know i have a play as well a defensive one i think you know someone who we haven't talked too much about we didn't talk too much about him this week but eric stokes has been struggling a little bit i think he's going to have an interception in this game you know heineke maybe he'll float one up we still only have the once uh interception on the season maybe a little bounce back game for eric stokes so maybe i'm just putting some goodwill into the universe and i respect it stokey can uh, have a pick in this game but absolutely uh, that's it for the preview with that of course hey if you could please whoa, whoa, whoa. no what? we missed a, the very important segment. oh fuck i'm so sorry we missed a very important Every, segment. yes everyone please pause you, so don't don't, don't fast cut forward off yet. don't cut off yet Yes, we almost forgot the guaranteed to lose bet of the week. Goes perfect with you and uh, yes. is Colin idiot. <laughs> Andrew, what is the bet this week? Uh, the bet this week is I am going driving down to Iowa to get on the DraftKings <laughs> machine for the futures of the Packers 
while they're at plus 225 to win the division. I okay. feel like after this week, that line's going way down, and I'm going to regret not taking it. So I'm, I'm getting it before okay. Sunday. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know how to view this segment because this is the guaranteed to lose segment, so... Oh, but that's... Oh, shit, yeah, you don't want to be pumped about that, do you? <laughs> you I know, and here's the thing, too, because last week, if you listened to me, you won money because I picked New Orleans, but I told you not to, mm-hmm. so you shouldn't have. Um, I told you I was going to, you know, which I did, yeah. and I lost. True. But if you faded me, like, you should. Well, I guess the fact that we're talking about it right now is enough that maybe there's enough uh, back and forth in the universe where... We know, didn't lock it in. We didn't lock it in, so we'll see what happens. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. The guaranteed to lose. Yeah. The week. <laughs> but with that, everyone's favorite part of the episode, if you could please subscribe, give us a five-star rating or maybe even a review. If you leave a review, you could take a screenshot, DM it to us in PMP Pod on Twitter, or email it to us in pmppodcast at gmail.com. And if you give us your address... People send you a free koozie. Uh, I did finally send out the couple to the last couple people who left reviews. So RJ, you'll be getting yours soon enough. I hope I, I, I didn't tape the envelope. It was like a Hallmark envelope. So I licked it and the edges didn't have the seal. So I hope it makes it to Michigan. I'm, I'm getting a little bit too busy to continue hand delivering these as well. <laughs> so we might have to start using like a mail service. Yeah. At some point. Showing up on the doors and knocking is yes. just, here's your koozie. <laughs> but yeah, uh, feel free to reach out to us. And hell, even if, if you've got like a trivia question for Andrew, email us questions, comments, yeah. whatever. Email us again, pmppodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter at pmppod. But with that, I don't have anything else. Andrew, do you have anything else? No, nah, let's go pack. Cool. Well, with that, Eric Koskinen, please don't sue us. Anywhere I quit my job. Yeah, it just won't pay. I worked all year. I worked all month. And then they took my money. Hello. Okay. Hey. You want to talk again? Yeah. Hello. Hey. 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 hey hello. Hey. It's hey. Me. Okay. Andrew. What else can I ask you, Andrew? You can ask me um, anything, really. I'm a pretty open book. All right, Andrew. How is work going? Work is great. Work yeah. is great. Yeah. I mean, in that, I don't know what I want to say here. <laughs> um, <laughs> work is going well. Um, I don't have to do a ton, which is really appreciated. Mm-hmm. However, in case Sebastian does listen to these, mm-hmm. uh, he is the best. Mm-hmm. The best, and I appreciate him forever. Who is he? He is my friend from uh, 
Ukraine. Sorry, nope. <laughs> Romania. Okay. Romania. But we talk about Ukraine all the time just because it's on the border. Mm. You know, of course. Oh, really? Yes, yes, oh, it so is. For those who having, don't know. Yeah, um, he must be having an interesting time. Yeah, there. no, he's, yes. It's just nice to have that first-hand experience to be like, hey, I, I do know someone there. It's always interesting. Well, you don't know anyone. You don't know there. Well, yeah, no, I, I do. And I talk to him like every day. And what does he do for you for work? Everything. Um, he, God. But what is this line of work? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, very prestigious line of work. We do B2B emails. Um, some would call it spam, but it's not legally um, because <laughs> <laughs> as a business, you don't have those same rights as a consumer. Um, oh, God. But nonetheless, it's uh, a targeted targeted marketing towards businesses from businesses. And, uh, <laughs> okay. and that's what we do. Okay. 